Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 588 the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains. And they did it, Bilzy. They did it. The Ottawa Senators are one step closer to a downtown arena. And this time feels different, Ross. There's new partners, new announcements. We are so excited that this thing is finally in the works, and it feels good. We'll tell you what the next steps are, and... Our draft rankings have reached its pinnacle. We are counting down prospects number two and one. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Friday, June 24th. We are free and available on all platforms, including... On YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to leave a comment below. Let us know your thoughts on the feeling around the new downtown arena. You can also subscribe to Locked On Senators and click that thumbs up down below. It helps the algorithm immensely. Pilsy, they did it. At least this hurdle to get an arena in downtown Ottawa. I kind of cringe when you said it feels different because it had that Maple Leafs vibe every year. Oh, but it feels different. But the result at the end of the day stays the same. Let's hope for a better result than what happened back in 2017-18. Just everything around this feels so much different. Like the the optimism around uh, the city, all the fans, everyone involved. And there's new partners being brought in here. And I think that's a big part of why this time it feels different. You're looking heavy at part- hitters. Yeah, some heavy hitters. Like you're looking at Live Nation here. That's going to help them get concerts and other events when the Senators aren't playing hockey at that arena. The Sterling Project Development, they're a New York-based real estate firm. They completed the UBS Arena for the Islanders. Then you got Populous, that's an architect firm, and they helped design the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, which I've been to. It's awesome. And then uh, across the pond, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. Have you London. seen it? I haven't. Uh, well, I haven't been there, but I've seen pictures of it. It looks unbelievable. And not only that, we actually got... Boots on the ground in Sydney, Australia. I got to pull out because we got so many Sense Central citizens yeah. in Australia. Lincoln Barry, citizen, oh boy. can confirm Accor is nice. They got a crowd of 70,000 there. It's for like cricket, Australian football, rugby, all that. Amazing venue. Populous knows what they're doing. I spent about an hour yesterday looking at all their buildings. Oracle <laughs> Park in San Francisco. Yep. Widely known as the most beautiful baseball stadium in the league. New Yankee Stadium as well. City Field where the Mets play. Like They've got a Rolodex of unbelievably well-built facilities. And how about the renderings, Pilsy, of the new downtown arena for the Ottawa Senators? I know renderings, they make things a little bit, uh, you know, shinier than the look in real life. But not only that, how about... The touch, and you just got to appreciate this. Buddy wearing a Casper's Dogovans jersey front, 
front and center in, in in the in the in the rendering. You see that? Yeah, I mean, makes sense. Like, if you're gonna show any sort of uh, senator's uh, building, you gotta get a dog events jersey in there. That's who who made that decision? <laughs> but that's an awesome decision. It just you know goes no, with is. the it's whole great. you know. It just goes with the fun that the senators have been able to have on Twitter in the last little while and uh, beyond just their social presence. It just seems a lot more, you know, natural. It feels more engaging. It feels more relatable, which most reporters do a good job of being relatable to the fans. There's the odd one who likes to get in the mix. That's okay. So shout out Populous for this photo. That looks beautiful. Ross, my only qualm is I don't love the the building uh, above it. I feel like that takes away from the the allure of it. But I understand. I don't know the, what those are probably going to be condos or whatever. You got to do what you got to do. But I, I think it would look so much better just the the straight building without the tower on top. But I'm no architect. Brandon Pilsy. Pilsy, not an architect. Pilsy, our goal the next 10, 15 years. We're we're gonna go have live there on a, on a not live there, but we'll have a place there. Just, just <laughs> we're just gonna buy property there and not live there <laughs> um i thought your qualm was gonna be one of the, the logos is backwards on there a little reflection but it's probably facing the other way it is you know, facing the other way i've seen i've seen the the design picture from the other way that is yeah what that is. I, i'm just pulling that one up now because you're right it does kind of add a little like huh what what's this big tower doing but pilsy i ain't, i ain't gonna complain too much I promise I won't. Now, there are next steps we're going to get to in a second. All right, here's the the wide angle as yep, well. That take take your canoe to the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can uh, portage to the game if you have to. This is beautiful, man. And if, if you're not super familiar with the city of Ottawa, um, I'll pull up on Google Maps just exactly where this is going to be because it has to be the most prime real estate in Canada that's not developed at all like there there can't be much else location wise i mean it's it's still classified as like a toxic wasteland isn't it right now yeah it is <laughs> classic sense well it's sad because you, it used to be like a, a bumping neighborhood right at the foot of parliament hill apparently there's a, a really big fire that kind of took out most of the neighborhood and um they just fenced it off and we're like all right yeah yeah we'll figure it out later uh so you can see here a nice aerial view of the national capital region there's the three ponds jean gabriel peugeot um hmm. but uh, no so you can see this huge plot of land and there's going to be much more than just a arena there there's going to be uh kind of like lansdowne but yeah. to a bigger scale where you've got the restaurants the shopping just a place to live work eat breathe i feel like they should be paying us as a, as a bit of a promo right now. Maybe they'll give us one of those condos for free. How about that? There you go. If if you could hold one for us, we yeah. would appreciate that. Hmm. You can see Parliament Hill there kind of right in the, the top middle of your screen. And uh, this is just, you can't ask for anything better than this unless you're a resident of Canada. But I think even most residents in Canada understand why the senators need to be downtown. Like I think that the residents of Canada, Canada should really just be excited that they got 30 years by the time this is done senators moved to canada in 1995 or 1996 and they've been there ever since so you know what you got 30 years of an nhl team in a suburb which just doesn't happen in the national hockey league so you know what stick taps to anthony leblanc yes for sticking with this getting the job to this point but with the better feeling around it 
Stick taps to Aaron Crow for coming back to the organization after she left in not a great term or not on great terms. She had a great term. She's very solid. She's the CFO for, for the Ottawa Senators. She was at the meeting there with the NCC. And shout out to the NCC for not closing the book on the Senators yes, as well. Yeah. But at the same time, like they're kind of the, you know, the the figurehead of this whole operation. Yeah, I mean, the, it was obvious it had to happen. But, I mean, I wouldn't blame them if after what happened the first time around, they're like, hey, that's closed door. We're, we're not going down that route. And speaking of that first time, Ross, I was mentioning this to you off air um, in Ian Mendes' article. Great reporting, obviously a, a true pro, and we always use his stuff at The Athletic. But he was mentioning that um, that was in back in 2016 that that first bid happened. And the projection was to have the arena ready for the 2020-2021 season. Imagine that. The brand new downtown arena happens no fans can go in there. I mean, that that happened to the Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, that's just sad. So if we're going to put a silver lining on it, you know, I always try to put a positive spin on things. That's the positive spin I'll put on this is the brand-new arena unveiled didn't happen during COVID times when no fans were there to enjoy it. It's looking like uh, Ian Mendez mentioned the conservative um, projection is looking like the 2026-2027 uh, uh, season for the sense to start playing there so it's it's still we still got a long ways to go but this was at a very very important milestone so what they've signed is a memorandum of understanding where <laughs> many other projects wanted that land yeah uh, I, I didn't even read into what they are they didn't have the ottawa senators involved which is just kind of a no-brainer for the ncc if you're gonna have a major event center now you've got 41 home dates at the very least, and that's where Live Nation comes in to try to round out the rest of that. Because we have seen, and yeah, Ottawa gets some good concerts, but it's typically like Montreal than Toronto, and they just skip right over Ottawa because it's kind of too much of the same thing in that neck of the woods. So now you've got a major event center. You'll attract those extra high-end acts in a more regular basis. Um, so now that they've been given this memorandum, it means they're the only uh, – Able, nego- able to negotiate. They're the only ones who are able to negotiate. Speaking, sorry, this is the last time we're recording at 7 a.m. This is wild. Yeah, this is not our, our time. <laughs> Especially like, this isn't even hockey, but it's so important and it's so exciting. But it's a lot. We're, we're there. We're there. The next phase of this plan, Pilsy, okay. because that's what people are wondering. Okay, cool. Now what? Because we, we have been here before. But now what? Now they need to get a lease agreement in place. So now it's who's going to pay for this thing. Yep. Now it's when does construction start? So that is expected by the fall of 2023. So we're not going to be on this beat every single day. So I'll keep my shovel in the closet till then. Keep your shovel in the closet. I think the earliest that shovels could hit the ground, this is again for me and Mendez, 2024. That's actually not that bad. I thought it would be an NCC, as the mayor, Jim Watson, said. Nothing's easy with the NCC. Yeah, There's a few loopholes to get through every time. Ian says 2026-27 or 27-28. And then notes that only Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat would be signed by then. And they'd be in the last year of their contract. So this isn't going to be a, a tomorrow thing and people were pointing that out because i tweeted hey you like what you see claude Giroux?" tag claude Giroux in my instagram story yesterday and people are they're laughing but of course that's why i did it just for a laugh i'm not expecting Giroux to be like 
Oh, well, we got a memorandum. I well, got to Ottawa. When Drew's assistant general manager, he'll want a downtown arena. So, there you go. Yeah. I mean, he's actually building a house in Canada. So maybe he's one of those. Oh, people damn. <laughs> it's like my commute's ruined now. This yeah. ruined my whole damn plan. Now you know how we all feel, G. Yeah. Well, Come we'll on. get uh, Drew one of those condos. No, it's not a big deal. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 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 He just got to give us uh, a key and we'll we'll keep it keep it clean for him when, <laughs> uh, when he's out of town. It's such an exciting time, though, Pills. You just can't. You can't make this shit up, you know? It's just, ah. The Finally, first we've got some optimistic news for the Senators in this offseason. And it's news that we, like, it's like five years down the road. But you know what? We'll take it. I let's, love it. Let's go. It, but it does feel like the clouds are are disappearing. Yeah, the dark clouds are disappearing and there are some rays of sunshine going through. And speaking of rays of sunshine, Ross, I also noted uh, it looks like on Twitter people are saying that the roof of this building is going to be a giant green space. So that's also yes. great because like why why not take advantage of that? You've got that's that's a decent amount of area on top of that roof that's not going to be used for anything else. Might as well make a great green space of it. So I love that. Yeah, and Climate Pledge Arena, no surprise that it's uh, all sustainable. So Populous yeah. has a very good uh, track record with that. No above-ground parking. I absolutely love that. If you've had to navigate the CTC before, the parking lot there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You could spend hours just trying to figure out where to where to where where's your car. Dude, where's my car? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is going to be fantastic. There will be, in all likelihood, some underground parking. But this location is nuzzled in between the two LRT stations. And hopefully by 2026, the LRT will work properly. Yeah. And uh, our pal on Twitter, Steve on Sens, he makes a good point. Like when you go to Sens game, the game is over and you're like, okay, like now we just do our brutal commute home, whether it's driving, Uber, on the bus, whatever. But now you can be like, all right, game's over. We're fired up after the Sens just absolutely dominated the Leafs in the home opener. Let's let's keep the night going. Let's go. So uh, that that's a great point. It cuts Brady Kachuk's commute to the Heart and Crown down by about a half hour. Exactly. Yeah. So he can be serving us drinks extra early. Hey, you love it, man. Just shake shimmy, Brady Kachuk, dude. It's exciting news and talk about starting to attract free agents. And I'm not saying this upcoming year, but down the road when it's like, hey, next year we're moving into this downtown arena. Exciting times coming up. For the Ottawa Senators. We'll touch on that story as it develops, but we have to get back to our draft rankings, Pilsy. It's the end of an era. We've been doing this for over a month, Pilsy. Every single show we've been counting down from 64. We're going to get back to that and tell you what's next in our draft coverage right after a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors. Our friends over at betonline.net, the trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And look, Basketball is over, but the Stanley Cup Finals are still still going on. Tampa's still holding on here. I got some futures that I'm hoping can still uh, come to fruition. I'm not giving up yet. But if you're looking at getting in on uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, you've got to head to betonline.net. they got all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, and more. It's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It's the best spot for your sports scores, news, podcast update anything you need sports related bet online is there for you and it's not just hockey guys basketball's over as well but they got basketball when it's in season they got baseball they got boxing they got ufc they got golf whatever you want check it out at betonline.net head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action 
It's betonline.net, where the game starts. All right. So the draft rankings have reached their conclusion. And it's bittersweet. This has been a fun part of the show. We appreciate everyone for engaging in the comments. I like this guy. Don't stay away from that guy. It's been a a fantastic experience. But, Pilsy, it's time to move to the next phase of our draft coverage. And with that, we're going to have a mock draft coming out on Sunday, I believe. Just to be safe, we're going to say Sunday for the full mock draft because I'm nervous at how long it's going to take to upload. I'm going to have chapters, so you're going to be able to see which teams are drafting where if you want to just kind of click through. But on Saturday, we're going to put out the lottery mock draft, which all the Locked On hosts took part in so from locked on canadians to locked on sabers at 16th overall it's going to be really fun here to go through and listen to what they think so stay tuned for all that coming up on our youtube channel and pilsy that'll lead us right into interview week next yes interview week and the brandon pillar show while ross is on his cruise in greece <laughs> so that'll be uh that'll be a great time and yeah we we put a lot of work into this mock draft that we're putting out and a lot of work into these interviews for that week so we hope, and uh, I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy them because we got some great stuff. Like we've this, it's insane how much we put into this draft. Like even even the 2020 draft. Like I don't know if we covered it as in depth of, as yeah, we've we covered this one because we have almost every prospect analyst that I I use and I reference. We've got on the show, which is awesome. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting times coming up in the next week on Monday. We're going to put out our list, though. You've heard our average list. Pilsy and I are doing our own list, who we like through this process. And we'll put that out on YouTube. And we'll put our own full list out on Twitter as well. So make sure you're following at SendCentral, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. We're close to 1,000. Why not? Let's get an extra digit on there. So go follow us on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. All right, Pilsy, coming in at number two on our Locked On Senators 2022 draft rankings for the final time. We're going to the U.S. National Team Development Program in a draft full of great names. This man may have the coolest. It's Logan Cooley, a commit to the University of Minnesota. And when I think of Logan Cooley, I think of Silky Smooth. Ross, that was my first note as well. He's so goddamn smooth. I mean, this guy, whether it's weaving in and out or carrying the puck up the ice, he's dancing through defenders in the slot. He Like, he is the perfect guy, to use the phrase, he can stick handle in a phone booth. Because <laughs> no matter how much space or no matter how many defenders are on him, he'll figure out a way to get through them. And that's why Logan Cooley is all the way up at number two on our prospect uh, profile rankings. He's a centerman. He's five foot 11. He's 180 pounds left shot. And in 51 games with the under 18 team at the U S program, he had 27 goals, 48 assists, good for 75 points and 67 penalty minutes as well. I could see him slotting into a top six role right away with the University of Minnesota. A rare feat for a freshman, but this guy just seems to have it. He's even first on Chris Peters' list, and we will ask Chris why next week on this show. Tony Ferrari at two. Bob McKenzie, Craig Button at two. Corey Prodman and Scott Wheeler at three. 
and elite prospects at four. So we are now officially into a range of its own here with one and then two. It really feels like there's a bit of a tier here in our list because yesterday even when we have prospects number three and four Pilsy, they were much closer in the average than here what we're dealing with right now. I'm trying to find the exact numbers. Yes, exactly. So Juracek was 4.86. Then Slavkovsky was 3.43. Now Cooley is at 2.43. Man, this. what's your favorite part about this guy's game? It's got to be his, his smoothness. Like the, the hands on this guy is just crazy. And I think what's great about Logan Cooley is he's someone that he has a dynamic skill, the stick handling, his hands, but he's also so well-rounded. So it's not just like, okay, if he doesn't have the puck on his stick, he's just hanging out and waiting for the puck. He's able to do so many other things. He has a great wrist shot. He has a great one-timer. He's able to set up plays for his teammates. I really see this guy as being a part of a top power play unit one day because when you've got a shot like that and you've got vision like that, it's going to be hard for teams when they're down a man to decide how they're going to cover you, how close they're going to uh, have their gap control on you and all of these things. So Logan Cooley, I mean, he's the top center at that U.S. program, which is saying something. We're talking about these U.S. program kids every day, and yeah. he's the best of them. And there's a good reason why. And his points reflect that statement. Hey, with elite prospects, though, he's always a bridesmaid, never the bride. Like, he's got a medal for pretty much everything, but none are in the top two. Third best vision in the draft, third best transitional forward, fourth highest floor, fourth highest ceiling, fourth best problem-solving skills, fourth best straight-line skater, and the fifth best two-way forward. And I love who they used as a shades of. Robert Thomas of the St. Louis Blues. Yep. You know, he can dazzle, and maybe I just don't watch the Blues enough, but he's the kind of guy where, at least up here, we don't hear too, too much about him. But then you look at his numbers, and they they fly off the, the sheet. You're just like, whoa, all right, you're unbelievable. And uh, an Eastern Conference scout told EP in May of 2022, he projects down the middle and has a speed and skill package you look for in the top six, and his safety is what makes him so appealing. At worst, this is a kind of guy who is a tweener middle six guy, but plays on your first power play. But at the the top end, you're looking at a number one center. Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a number one center just because of his way to facilitate the play. Uh, anytime you have a guy that can, all he needs is for the defenseman in his own zone to just slide the puck over to him and he can do the rest. And all the all he needs for his teammates to do is follow along and get in the right spots and he will set guys up. And I'm sure if you asked his line mates about that at the program, they would tell you a similar thing because when he's on the ice, good things are happening. He's producing points at a crazy rate. And yeah, I, I mean, we looked at the rankings, Ross. EP, they have him at four. I wonder why they're a little lower. They mentioned mm. he could work on his skating a little, which is which is fine there's there's got to be some flaws with some of these guys but other than that and it's not even like they weren't even critical on him right like I think there was just like one sentence where they're like yeah maybe he'll he'll work on his skating in the offseason and and that was kind of it and nowhere else could I find any other uh knocks on this guy I got it it wouldn't hurt Cooley to add another gear as a skater yeah (laughs) like that there's your big knock on Logan Cooley that's it 
He certainly has number one center upside. And what I love too is how he makes his teammates around him better. His uh, playmaking ability is is right there almost side by side. I still think that his hands are, are the best, but he uses his hands when it comes to passing the puck and making sure his teammates are getting it in the right spot. Like think about Cutter Gauthier as well. Like he's the kind of guy he's good good catch and shoot shooter, but he's put in these unbelievable positions from Logan Cooley where he can just, you know, just tap it in, just give it a little tap And he does just that. And I think whoever gets to play with Logan Cooley at the NHL level is going to get that same type of, of help. And I just can't see a world where Logan Cooley gets past Arizona at three and just think of him and Dylan Genther flying around on, on the same ice uh, at ASU together. Or Clayton <laughs> Keller. Ooh. Yeah. Even Clayton Keller too. But those guys, I mean, I would say they're, they're somewhat similar players in, in terms of their puck handling ability, their their way to, to use their vision to open up passing lanes. And I love Logan Cooley. Like for me, I, I had to think when I'm looking at him and Shane Wright, and I was like, like, is Shane Wright that much better than than Logan Cooley? Like it just feels like Logan Cooley is certainly the more exciting of the two players. Yeah, I would say, and we're obviously, I mean, spoiler alert, but Shane Wright is our number one overall. Oh, no spoilers. So we're gonna we're gonna get to him shortly here. But I would say, Ross, they're very similar players, except if you've got a scale for offense and defense, Logan Cooley's offense is up here, Shane Wright is here, but then you go defense, Shane Wright up yeah. here, Logan Cooley there, right? And so it's gonna it's gonna be a decision for uh, the, the Habs if they want to go for a more well rounded two-way defensive type center or if they want to go for someone with a little more dynamic offensive skill in Logan Cooley I I have a pretty good feeling they're going to go with Shane Wright but uh yeah Logan Cooley to the Arizona Coyotes that really makes a lot of sense for me because he's someone that could really kickstart that team and give them a big boost I mean they could also move him to New Jersey at two but I I do think they probably lean Slavkovsky they lean the winger or they lead trade, but what kind of trade are you making for the second overall pick? I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. We could do a Very whole episode. Difficult. Check out our friends at Locked On Devils for that. Like, yeah. like you're looking at like, anyways, that's a, a big piece. Would have to be going back the other way. Logan Cooley got better as the season went on as well. Ten points at the uh, World Under 18s in six games. Like, there's not much more you could have asked him to do in his draft year than what he put up. There, there really isn't. And he, he's from Pittsburgh, so he grew up, you know, watching Sidney Crosby win his Stanley yep. Cups. And you just think that half that has to seep in to how he plays, you know, watching Malkin and Crosby all those years. Like he kind of has like Malkin obviously has super underrated hands, or maybe not underrated, but he has unbelievable hands. And I think that, you know, you're seeing the the next generation of talent coming out of Pittsburgh watching those types of players. So I think Logan Cooley. Definitely got to keep our eye on here going forward as a potential game-breaking type centerman. Yeah, absolutely. And he plays with good pace and high tempo, too. I think that's what's great, too. Like, when you can play with such high pace and tempo and you've got good hands, it's hard for other teams to contain you. And then they start getting out of position. They start not having discipline in their defensive systems. And you can find guys open because... Logan Cooley deeks through one guy and then they say, okay, let's double team him and really apply pressure here. Now you've got so much open ice for his teammates. So I think that's a big part of why he's so effective. And when you're an elite puck handler with great vision, you can make things happen. And it just seems like nothing is impossible out there when Logan Cooley has the puck. 
No, there really isn't. And, and you look, he's just been a scorer his whole life. This yeah. guy, he, he led the, the program like both years over a point per game. Like that in itself is pretty impressive. He was almost a point per game playing on the under 18 team last year. So that was playing with the Tyler Boucher's of the world and still being able to contribute up an age group. So he just he just brings the whole package. And Pilsy, I know it's very unlikely that the Senators will have a shot at him. But as a player, he's a five-star guy. Like this guy, he's the type of guy you really want to have on your team, no matter if you have depth at center. This guy, I, I think he is a center, but you could start him out on the wing. I mean, I don't think it would hurt him based on his his best attributes. So I got five stars, but obviously it would take a pipe dream for the Ottawa Senators. You know what? I'll go four and a half stars just because I don't want to give everyone above five, five stars. Yeah, but that kind of defeats the purpose of the seven star system. So. Four and a half. Four yeah. and a half. Four That's and a half fair. for Logan Cooley. Yeah, I got him at four and a half as well. As my last like three players, the half point is only docked because I don't see a world where like I don't even see a world where he falls out of the top three, let alone falls all the way to seven. No, there's no there's no chance. I'll yeah. say and maybe I am taking a bit of a risk there because who always rises on draft day? Right shot defenseman. Mm-hmm. So that's the wild card in all this. If Nemich or Juracek go off the board. We know that Arizona took a forward with their first round pick last year. Do they go with a defenseman? Yeah, I I, it, it wouldn't be the craziest thing. But and then and then if Cooley falls, I still think Seattle takes the other of the right hand shot wow. defenseman. But then Philly, you're taking Cooley right. all day every day, so it doesn't get past that point. Hundred percent. Well, Logan Cooley, fantastic player. Yep. Definitely go check out his highlight reel on YouTube. It's, it's ridiculous. He is he is a magician with the puck, and one team is going to be extremely happy on draft day when he puts on their jersey. All right, Pilsy, we made it. It's the number one ranked player on the Locked On Senators countdown. No surprise, no drum roll needed. And you know what, this player. He probably wouldn't even want a drum roll because he is very cerebral. He's very calculated. He's very mature as a prospect. It's from the Kingston Frontenacs, Shane Wright. Yeah, Shane Wright. Uh, he's been the number one guy pretty Since much. Since he was like 13. Yeah, like I remember uh, working at uh, TSN Ross. I was covering the Canada Games, and I don't know how old he was there, like 14, 15. And all of our like highlights, they all like you couldn't do a highlight of Shane Wright without mentioning likely first overall pick in the 2022 draft. And this was like five years ago. So like it was well known throughout the industry that this guy was going to be uh, the guy. And for good reasons, he was the captain of Canada at the U18s where he had 14 points in five games. How are you? Captain of the Kingston Frontenacs. He was granted exceptional status and drafted first overall in 2019 in the OHL draft. There's a lot to like about Shane Wright. Yeah, he's only the fifth player to get exceptional status into the Ontario Hockey League. That in itself, pretty exceptional. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, He did that as a 15-year-old. And you mentioned the unbelievable world under-18s he had. Pilsy, that was last season. He was still in the playoffs this year. Did not attend. Get this. He didn't play all year. We talk about it all the time. The OHL didn't play, and then yeah, he just true. stepped in. That's a good point. Then he just stepped in international competition. Was like, yeah, I'll get, I'll get three points per game, almost two goals per game, and be the captain 
in an age group above his. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that just speaks the maturity that he he's just a leader of men. And I mean, you could say the same for next year, Connor Bedard, where I think Shane Wright's a little upset with this whole Connor Bedard hype train because he's like, wait, I deserve some hype too. But he's not as flashy as Connor Bedard. Bedard's got like, oh, I'll, I'll turn the outside in, go backhand, bar down. Whereas Shane Wright is so much more calculated. It really, for him, the sum is greater than all the parts. It really is the fact that he slows the pace down when he's on the ice. And for better or worse, like we'll get to that actually in a sec. Remind me, for better or worse, when it comes to Shane Wright playing in, in the offensive style. Six-foot center, 199 pounds, with Kingston, had 94 points in 63 games. That includes 32 goals, 22 penalty minutes. We do have a pair of our scouts who see him as the number two prospect in this draft. Wouldn't be a prospect board without a little bit of debate. Corey Prodman and Chris Peters both have him at number two. And again, we will ask both of them to explain why on this show Coming up next week, elite prospects, Tony Ferrari, Scott Wheeler, Bob McKenzie, Craig Button, all have him as the number one overall pick. What is your favorite attribute when you watch Shane Wright play? Well, like we mentioned earlier, it's his defensive awareness. And um, I've, I've referenced it a bunch of times, but I'll keep giving credit. The EP Let's Watch videos with David St. Louis, again, another person going to be on this show. Um, he does a really good job of highlighting the little things that Wright does that make him so good. Because like we talked about, he's not a dynamic guy. Like he might not wow you with uh, pull you out of your seats, highlight real plays, but it's the combination of all the little things he does right. And when he's defending, he's able to help his team create offense by positioning and anticipation. He puts himself in the right spots to break up passes, to um, to not allow plays to develop for other teams when he's defending. And not only that, it's one thing to break up a play, Ross, but if you just break it up and then you have the puck and then you just get swarmed by uh, pressuring four checkers, it, it doesn't really do you much good. So he puts himself in a position to break the play up and he's already thinking, once I break it up, how do I um, start transitioning up the other way, up the ice with my teammates? So that's where he really excels and his hockey IQ allows him to maybe not be more dynamic than other players, but to be smarter than him, than other players, sorry. And it's that hockey IQ mixed with good skating that makes him so dangerous because he knows where he needs to be and he can get there efficiently. And that's why, as like, there's no doubt in my mind this guy's going to be a great centerman in the league because he's so aware of the whole play from any, any angle of the ice and any spot that he needs to go to transition defensively to offensively, he's got it figured out. Well, he's got the best problem-solving skills in the draft, so yep, there's that. That goes to that. He's the best two-way forward in the draft, so mm-hmm. that goes to that. I should mention he's a right shot as well. Again, a bit more of a premium, uh, especially you know when you're looking at top center or top defenseman. You'd like to have like one lefty, one righty in a perfect world. I don't like the shades of Patrice Bergeron. I feel like that's so overused. If it's a little much. Good, if they're a good two-way guy. Mika Zibanejad's their other one. I don't, I don't know about that necessarily especially at the same age i know they're doing mika now but when mika was that age certainly uh defense was not the calling (laughs) card uh, of his game when he had his nine game stint and beyond with the ottawa senators but shane wright man very interesting prospect because he doesn't like he doesn't always pull you out of your seat and sometimes maybe that makes people 
think twice about putting him number one on their rankings. But at the end of the day, he's the best prospect in this draft. He's the the number one guy. Ninety. So we talk about all his defensive awareness. Is ninety four points this year? Like he, he's a stud. I mean, but uh, Ross, interestingly enough, uh, according to EP, 94 points is the lowest CHL point total for a, a first overall really? pick since 2001. Wait, wait, wait. Rick Nash. Boom. Nice. Yes. There you go. That's it. Yep. Nice. Wait, and what about what about guys like Heischer? CHL point totals. Was Heischer what? in the CHL? Yeah, yeah. How many points did he have? I don't know. That's oh, okay. why I, I, I gotta ask. But he was with the uh, he was with the Halifax Mooseheads. Oh right, I just assumed he was uh, with the Swiss League when he came over. Yeah, yeah, no, he came over. I'm curious right now because I mean the Q, eighty six points. Yep. So I mean that that sounds bad for you're like ninety four points for this guy. And I'm like actually that sucks. Uh, that doesn't suck. It's still really good. But it's interesting to note that in past years. 94 points has been massively uh, uh, achieved by first overall CHL players. But that just goes to show you he's more defensively aware than a lot of these other prospects that are just putting up heavy points. 100%. No, I I agree with that. It's it's exciting too for – oh, let me pull this back up for a sec. Um, I hope that that didn't stay up the whole time. Anyways – um, Shane Wright, unbelievable prospect, unbe- unbelievable player as well. I want to show you this might be because you know how we always talk about how uh, <laughs> I just laugh. Oh, but we we take a peek at, at their elite prospects and how they do as uh, as a youngster. So oh, he's God. from Burlington, but he and his dad moved to Don Mills, just north of, of Toronto, in I think his thirteen year old year because they realized like we got to be all in on this. And being in Burlington, it's a little bit further out. What does he do with the Don Mills Flyers, Pilsy? 150 points in 72 games. Yeah, it was uh, it was very clear that at that age, he was going to be something special. And Ross, I saw some highlights from the Don Mills Flyer days. That arena, when he played, was packed. Like, yeah? people were crammed in there like sardines. And it's wow. for like, what? 15, 16-year-old kids. No, because he was playing the OHL at 15. So you're looking like 13, No, but 14. I mean, that's the, that's the age. That's the age right, group right, of those right. players. Yeah, yep. that league. Yeah, so that's... It was just so funny to see. It's like a grainy camera, and there's just like thousands of people packed into this small arena to watch him play. Yeah, well, in, in his playoffs most recently, he did have 14 points in 11 games. But Pilsy, the, there's been some discourse about how he didn't even lead his own team in scoring. In the postseason, does that concern you at all? No, not really. Because once again, I'll reference his defensive play. Right, like he's he's not someone, and they mentioned this in EP, and I think it makes a lot of sense. He's not someone that the uh, <laughs> that the Canadians are going to be saying, "Oh, we hope he gets a Maurice Richard Trophy or an Art Ross Trophy." You don't think Habs fans will be expecting the first overall pick to get the Maurice Richard Trophy? I mean, they better not be. Otherwise, they're going to be uh, Trey disappointed. And that's not going to be any good for anyone. Uh, might be good for us Sens fans. But hmm. um, he, he's more likely to win a Selkie one day. Which, once Pre- Patrice Bergeron retires, that trophy will be available to other players. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's... And that's the thing. Like, 
when when you're picking first overall, you have that craving to have those highlight reel plays and the, those dynamic offensive touches. But you got to remember, this is someone that four or five years down the road, you're going to be so thankful is on your team because he, he can get it done all over the ice, especially once he gets some pro experience in him. And if the Montreal Canadiens ever put a good team around him, he's going to be someone that uh, it, it's going to suck for other teams playing them in their uh, in their playoff matches because he's going to be tough to go against. Do you think he plays in the NHL right away next year? I mean, why why not? They have so many good young kids there. Martin St. Louis, he's a guy that I think is going to work very well with young prospects. He allows them to play their style of game without having them uh, fully just like playing systems and not playing hockey at all. That's kind of his calling card as a coach. So I think it makes a lot of sense. It'll help guys like Cole Caulfield out, take a little pressure off Nick Suzuki and... I mean, they don't have a captain right now, and we just talked about this guy's leadership qualities. Give him the C right away. No pressure, kid. Got drafted in Montreal. Put the C on his draft day jersey. No That's pressure. what I was going to say. When, yeah, no put pressure. the C on there and get it started. Why not? No, no pressure. Yeah. No pressure, Shane. Really, though. Don't worry about it, buddy. It's all good. Just go out there. I mean, you got to defend Josh Norris. Good luck. I don't know if he knows where his office is yet. <laughs> now, even his, his um, most... Even his biggest boosters will say this, quote from Scott Wheeler, still my top prospect in this class, in brackets, though not in his own tier anymore. So even his, even the people who are highest on him are still saying like, hey, the gap's closed. He is not your Connor McDavid, your Austin Matthews, your Nathan McKinnon. He's not no. number one with a bullet. So I wonder how he reacts to that because... We, we not, it's not an excuse. It's just a reason that he didn't play all last year. And that is such a crucial year for development. Now you can say this was still his third year because he had exceptional status. He still did get to play before the pandemic and then some. So I, I'm interested. I'm interested in the OHL as a whole next year. I'm, but I'm extremely intrigued at whether or not he's going to play there or whether he's going to play in the NHL or like his shades of Mika Zibanejad, what if he gets a nine-game tryout? I think at the very least he gets the nine-game tryout. I mean, you got to give your your fans something to chew on for a little right. bit there. I'd be shocked if he went back to the OHL. All right. So how many stars for Shane Wright? I got him at four stars, not even four and a half, because there, there's there's no way he's going, going to seven. And honestly, he's, he's not really the type of player that the Sens need. I mean, that sounds crazy to say, but like... Oh, we got Shane Pinto. Yeah, we got Shane, we got Shane Pinto. We got Mark Kastelik. Like, what do we need a two-way to, uh, center for? We got Dylan Gambrell, guy. Yeah, yeah. Recently signed the biggest move of the offseason. Dylan Gambrell's here, everybody. No, but Shane Wright, he's going to be a sick player. There, there's no question about that. So, uh, Habs, treat him well. No pressure. Don't do what you did with a couple other high draft picks recently. Take good care of him, and you will get a very good player in Shane Wright. All right, Pilsy, quickly before we go, the Ottawa Senators' preseason schedule is starting to take place. We already talked last week about the two games out east by. We got in Gander, Newfoundland. Come from away and get over here in Gander, Newfoundland. And then they're going to go back into New Brunswick on the 8th of October. So those, and shout out Craft Hockeyville. I appreciate that they're doing this for them. Usually those games are the very start of preseason. 
and you're not getting an NHL roster. True. Those, I believe, are the final two preseason games before the National Hockey League season began. So you're going to get two NHL rosters for those games. Ottawa, Montreal. So will Shane Wright be in those games? Very good question. But we also have, which is becoming an annual thing, I absolutely love it because Ottawa only comes here once during the regular season. But they're coming to Winnipeg again. The Jets put out their entire preseason schedule yesterday, so we're still waiting on the rest of the Sens. But September 27th, Ottawa at Winnipeg. I got on the calendar, so fired up for that. Yep, get your uh, Ridley Gregg uh, binoculars out because uh, he'll probably pull off another highlight reel goal and then get suspended. That goal, later. though, that might be the goal, like top five Sens goals of the year in terms of pure skill on the ice. Yeah, I mean it was it was pretty incredible. That's for sure. Yeah, I like that was. I was not expecting that from Ridley Gregg <laughs> in that moment. I'll, and it I'll was right in front honest. of us too. Like that was that could not have been a better angle that we had for that goal. Yeah, it was great, and and that was our uh, at least no, it was probably yours too. That was our first live hockey game. Yes, over a years. year, no, years. years, like years. Yeah. So for that play to happen, and for the Sens to get the double win, the win yep. in regulation and the shootout win. That was great. No, it was in overtime. They won. And then she... Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I know Pinto, it was a double win, though. Shane Pinto scored in overtime. Remember, he was weaving around and then bang. I don't remember, obviously. He scores. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, my last game before that was the Chris Phillips jersey retirement game. So, yeah, years is correct. Yeah. So, Senators hockey, it's a ways away. I'm not going to kid you guys. But it will be back soon and we'll be back on monday i'll be here live on monday we're going to give out our own draft list and then for the rest of that week we're going to have interview season we're going to take canada day off this year and then we're going to have a full week leading up the draft pillsy will get you your instant draft reaction on the thursday and friday and then i'll be back monday with a fresh set of takes so you'll hear pillsy's initial reaction on thursday friday and my initial reaction the following monday hopefully i got a nice little tan if the internet holds up, I might be a special guest the night of the draft because I'm going to be locked in. Follow us on Sense Central. It might be a little less um, frequent, but we will be keeping you updated there. But you might not get the daily tweets that the show is out, so make sure you're subscribed on the Locked On Senators YouTube channel. Turn your alerts on, especially for next week. Yep. And then... You can also subscribe on your favorite audio platform. Hey, I just realized you can get five-star reviews on Spotify. So why not go hammer that five-star, hit the Apple podcast, leave a review. It does go a very long way. For today, we say goodbye. Have a great weekend, everyone. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>